Hey everybody, this is Javier Ladramos. This is Planet Texas. I have a guest today. I have Wade Simmons. Wade Simmons is training to be a pro wrestler at the Chicago Style Wrestling Training Academy. He's also an independent filmmaker with over 20 indie films under his belt. And he also, his normal day job is he works at a funeral service. He's a funeral service worker. So he does all three things in order to make his day go by. Wade Simmons, is there anything I said? Would you like to introduce yourself properly? Yeah, well, it's good. No, I mean, everything you said is true, so I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. After I described everything, just ran off all three things that you do, why do you do all three things? And we just go right off the bat and do that. Well, so, to be honest, everything that I'm doing, I was already doing since I was a, a little child. Because, I mean, like, as a child, I was always, like, a big fan of Walt Disney. And this might sound crazy to some people, but I used to read about his life. I used to read about, like, how he did what he did. And I always would, like, make up cartoons, characters, and things like that. And I was into photography. And there was a um, gentleman at my church, Brother McElroy. He was a photographer. He kind of took me under his wing. He even bought me a camera. And, like, when we would go to family events, like, I would film everything and, you know, take pictures. And I had always knew that I would be a filmmaker. But also, as a kid, I wanted to be a mortician, too. Now, I know that might sound weird, but I went to a lot of funerals. And just kind of, you know, being in an environment growing up in church, you see a lot of death and things like that. You know, I'm like, well, this seems like a, a decent job. So when, I, so when I got older, I said I was going to be a funeral director. I was going to be a filmmaker, and I went for it. And I mean, as far as wrestling, I was a very big wrestling fan. I wrestled in high school. Uh, me and my friend Cross and Jordan and Gus and my brother, you know, we all as kids, we used to be wrestling out in the front yard and things like that. So, like I said, nothing that I'm doing is new. I've been pretty much doing it my whole life. What drew you to the funeral service working first? Like, so what are the things? For me, so for me, I think that I was just, you know, kind of, you know, curious about the process. I actually knew some morticians growing up from church too, uh, the Robies, and they had been in the business for a long time and they knew that I wanted to, you know, be in it. So I always kind of thanked them because one day it was like, you know, well, when you go to school or whatever, you know, we'll look out for you. So, you know, they, they took me under their wing, invited me to come to the funeral home and check it out. I was in high school at the time. But what ended up happening was that um, my teacher, she knew that I wanted to be a mortician, and she called uh, Mr. Leek's, uh, Leek's son's funeral home owner, the son, she called his wife and said like, hey, you know, I got a student here, but he want to be a mortician. Can you, can you talk to your husband about letting him come in? And so he told me like, show up in a white shirt, a gold tie, black suit. Once I did it, then one day, I ended up being there for 11 years, and then I ended up going to school for it. And you know, the rest is kind of history, but I mean, like, I feel like the one thing that drew me to like doing that is like me, I'm a very realistic guy. I've always kind of looked at life like time is very important. And like working in that field, to me, it just teach you like, you know, you can't take life for granted. If you got things you want to do, you got to just do them because tomorrow not promised to anybody. You know, so I feel like, you know, kind of having that mindset, it kind of like, 
you know, it doesn't bother me working in that type of environment. You know, it just motivates me to go after the things that I want in life. All right. So we were talking about, we just went through your funeral service, your, your day in and day out job. So you're also an independent filmmaker. So what exactly with the filmmaking is it that you do? By the way, so everybody knows, he lives in Chicago, Illinois. If you want to get a hold of him, it's Wade Simmons. Yeah. He has a Facebook. You have Instagram, I assume. You have all the social medias. All right. Wade Jedi 99 on, on, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this um, this independent filmmaking, and I, you told me you have over 20 films. Can you tell me what some of these films are? Yeah, so so actually, it's funny that you asked because, like, filmmaking, what ended up happening was that I recently graduated from film school back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, reason being was that I didn't get a chance to say this, but, but when I went to school to be a mortician, uh, towards the end of my journey, we got through the program. Uh, we were pretty much ready to graduate, and we did have the graduation, but what ended up happening was that they ended up, you know, some schools have these exit exams. I, I call them the exit career exams. And the reason being was that a lot of people struggled to pass the test. So what happened was that after I, after I finished mortuary school, I had been going out there for like six months to go take the test. And I'm saying to myself, okay, wait, now, if you don't pass this test, you know, spend all this time going to school or whatever. So you got to start thinking about, you know, what if it doesn't work? Now, what you got to do is you got you to find something else. So I was like, well, maybe I should go be a plumber because my family's in the plumbing business. So I went down to Vegas, went to work with my uncle for a little while. And I, and once I got to work with my uncle, you know, I had a lot of fun or whatever. But I'm like, wait, be real with yourself. This is not this is not what you want to do. You always like film. Why don't you go to school to be a filmmaker? So when I was down in Vegas, I ended up calling a place in Chicago and they tell me, and this one school, I think it was like one of them bootleg schools. They was like, well, you don't even have to sit in the classroom and just send us the money or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that stupid. So <laughs> I, I, I looked and researched another school called Flashpoint Chicago, and I talked to them, and I went there. And then I, and then I enrolled in film school. Right around the time I went to film school, I finally passed one of those exams to be a mortician. But I went to film school. I started meeting a lot of people. Um, I got a chance to meet Sean Anders, who's a, a Hollywood producer. He came to the school and, and talked to the, the students and stuff. And I started, you know, meeting all these other filmmakers. And so as soon as I got in film school, I just started producing my own content right away. You know, because again, like, I was like, well, you know, I ain't waiting until I get out of school. Like, I came here to make movies. I'm going to make them right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to get about it, get started on it. Yeah. It's always good to make the effort, and trial and error is always like one of the best ways to do things in life. Oh yeah, and you know it's, it's kind of funny because like when I when I look at like my story, right, my mind always go to George Lucas because George Lucas that's my ultimate favorite filmmaker, and I and to be honest, almost every day I listen to uh, his speech about like well, how he talked about how when he went to um. How when he was growing up, he he loved cars, he liked going fast, but then he had an accident. And then the accident made him think about his place in the world. You know, was just starting to think about other things. He decided to give education another chance because uh, he did go to school for studying some other things. Like, I think it was, like, related to humanities or something like that. 
But what happened was he ended up going to film school with a friend. He thought he was going for photography, but it was a school of cinema photography. And George Lucas goes to school. He ends up he ends up having he ends up having the time of his life. Uh, he starts instead of going right to Hollywood, he moves back to San Francisco, and now the man has a franchise that's worth almost well, over a billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the man sold the franchise to Disney. Oh yeah, I mean, I wish he wouldn't have did that. But yeah, I mean, me too. <laughs> me too, man. Like, I just watched that Obi Kenobi, and I was just. I don't know, man. Did you ever, did you see about what they were talking about, Reva? Like the forces? Yeah, you know, know, I wasn't wasn't so much against her character, but it was just, my thing was that, like, when they made the Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, some of the stuff that they did in there, it just doesn't match up with continuity because I know, like, the one part where Vader and and Obi-Wan battles in the end, where he says, when I left you, you were but learning, right? But then... Uh, Vader, he whoops Kenobi in one of the episodes, but like, you know, to me, they try to justify doing that, but that still well, doesn't match content. That don't make sense to me. Well, you know, the only the only thing that that really truly upset me was you saw the whole series of Obi Kenobi, right? Yeah. So when we first see Darth Vader show up, he just wrecks shop. Like he's snapping necks, dragging people in the dirt. He just looks like a badass. And he does his best Freddy Krueger, Jason impersonation, stalking Obi Kenobi. And I'm like, if he's this weak, why doesn't he just murder fucking Obi Wan Kenobi and just be done with it? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it just, you know, like, to be honest, I think Disney had good intentions. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like, you know, there were some good moments in it. I'm not, I'm not like totally against it, but I'm just saying that personally, I felt that if they were going to make that, they probably were better off. Not even letting have Vader and Kenobi uh, even have it because when he says, when I left you, I was but a learner, right? I mean, he was apparently not no learner. Oh, the way he whooped Kenobi in the, in the, in that, that first few episodes that he whooped him in, like to me, yeah. that just don't make sense. Like, it's like they, it's like they kind of just threw that out the window because I know, like, they say, well, it was 10 years after uh, Revenge of the Sith and Vader was still learning, but. If you hated the man that much, you wouldn't have gave him no chance to get away. Ain't no way to justify that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then the whole show, for all six episodes, I feel I feel like Reba was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go there. I feel like she was a, all she did for, what, six hours was grunt and scream and yell and run around with a lightsaber. That's what I felt like she did for six hours. Well, I, well, I mean, I mean, if they were going to use... Uh, the, the Reaver character, like I said, I wasn't totally against it, but if they were gonna use it, they they probably could could have saved that for something else. But but I I feel like just making the Kenobi they like like to be honest, I feel like Disney would have been better off doing the series about about rebels, you know, about a whole different set of characters that we never met before, and, and, and maybe gave like like I say like I I'm glad that you know Aaron McGregor came back, but it's like you know. I mean, you know, it was nice to see him again, but it's just, I just don't like how they kind of mess with Lucas' continuity like that. Like, yeah, it's kind of like they, they might as well just, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't bad, but it's just to me, it just shows like you sell your work and somebody else take it over, then they're going to do what they want with it. It just seems like a lot of franchises are, are doing the bait and switch right now. 
And then Mason Windu, I think I think they're gonna bring him back. So my point is like, what's the point of dying in Star Wars if you're just gonna come back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well what is he? He's a force ghost, right? He's a I'm surprised that they that What's he was surprised like, he came. Like Palpatine, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened with that. Like I don't know what like the hell. Disney, like how Disney brought him back, right, to kill him off. So my thing was that if they kill him off. <laughs> how they know he don't have another clone body somewhere else? So like what they do, it just brings more questions. That's just the craziness. Like a lot of franchises <laughs> are doing that. That that yeah. fucking baloney, that phony baloneyness. It's like. So, so like me, that's why as a filmmaker, I'm always a, a advocate for making fresh content. You know, sometimes I think you you gotta leave the other stuff alone because a lot of times you are gonna make a lot of more people mad. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you ruined my childhood. You, know? you remember watching women empowerment movies and it actually was special? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was watching Aliens the other day with uh, Sigourney Weaver. And I was like, that's a badass right there. Yeah, like, but you know, but see, that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of filmmakers today, I feel like they should focus more on making newer content instead of just trying to, you know, just to repeat the same old off of old stuff that they just not really doing nothing. Like, they just messing it up and making fans more divided, you know? Yeah, they are. They they certainly are on some things like that. Yeah, because I mean, Kenobi, like, you know, like I said, I wasn't totally against it, but I'm just saying that to me, there were some things that they did that messed up continuity and they tried to, like, justify it. But again, if you would have whooped me, like Obi-Wan, like Obi-Wan did, uh, Vader and Revenge of the Sith, when that, next time I see Kenobi, that fire wouldn't have been able to keep me from getting off him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I just watched Darth Vader murder, like, three people. In a minute, and you're telling me you can't just just outpower. I mean, someone has used their force power in ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have hope. I have hope for Ahsoka, that series. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think Disney still has some potential. And I, and I mean, I think the Re- the Reva character uh, maybe has some potential in other things. But I feel like you know they just you know I, I feel like they could have just called it Reva to be honest. Yeah, yeah, because it was kind of more of her story than Kenobi. They just kind of put Kenobi's name over it, and I, I mean, maybe that wasn't their intentions. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there, but that's the way that it comes across, you know. I mean, I need to see. They need to write Reva better. Is what that's that's one of the big issues with me is yeah. they didn't the way they wrote her. But then another thing they didn't really explain was like, you know, when they had all the like the old Jedi's like, you know, kind of like kept kept in the tomb. Yeah, know? I saw that. You know, like they didn't really like I noticed that I think the one boy that was in the opening scene, they had him in there, but they didn't have the other ones in there, which is kind of weird to me. Yeah, I'm like fossilized like Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a. There's a lot of things in that show. But now you know they're talk- I'm hearing they're talking about making the Yoda series. I don't even know if I want them to do that, man. I don't know. I don't, what is he going to do? Sit on the planet for six episodes? <laughs> nah, they're going to they gonna just show Yoda getting whooped and how he, and they're going to make Yoda seem more like a failure, bro. Uh, I don't, don't want to see Yoda as a failure. I think no. as, a, as, a, as, a, as a just... Just as one of the best Jedi's, you know? I just want them to... I want to see Ahsoka... 
I want them to bring back uh, Admiral Admiral what's his name from Rebels. I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah, Dron is. Dron mm-hmm. needs to be the big bad. That's what I really. Man, that's I, what I really want is is Thrawn and Azeroth to come I wish, back. I wish I had George Lucas up. I'd be like, look, just, just just do me a favor, just buy it back and did it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just just take care of it. Like we we had our our dreams has been crushed with. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't blame them. You know, I mean, for the price they probably gave them. I mean, I, I mean, if they threw that cash my way, it would have been gone too. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah, sadly they're doing that with with. Uh, with Marvel now, Marvel's getting yeah. that treatment. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you know, I think I think it get to a place where like, you know, I feel like stuff like Star Wars is so special. You know, you just I know they're trying to throw a lot of content out, but I kind of like the way George Lucas did. He did it, and then he put a movie out. He kind of took a break for a while, like, but it it kind of kept the mystery going. But like nowadays, sometimes. I feel like a movie doesn't have to explain everything. No, it doesn't. Like that's what like Hollywood is trying to do now. Like they're trying to explain everything. But when you explain everything, uh like 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 I said, back to the Kenobi series, right? They were trying to justify some things, but it still didn't make sense. And then like you look at Leia, like how she said, uh, you helped my father, you know, in, in the in the Clone Wars, but they were like she was saying it as if she never even knew who Kenobi was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I don't understand. I don't understand Leia. Like, how would this little girl be better than everybody else? <laughs> She's like, she would have been grounded in red. Kimmy's like... And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to trash it because, like I said, I, I, I was <laughs> glad that they gave the, the actors a chance to come back, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just know, saying, like... But you know, you know, like, I know... That no little girl, like, she's the smart, like, this girl is going to, to open up the, the padlock door to get the starship out. This is a smart little girl. <laughs> I'm like, that little girl has no business in this adventure. <laughs> All right. So we got a little bit of that conversation in now. So this pro wrestling, it's out of what? Chicago style wrestling. Have we gone through that one also? Yep. That's correct. Pro wrestling, how did you get into this? So, actually, because of filming, it's funny, like, one thing led me to another, but um, but but as I mentioned, I did wrestle in high school, freshman mm-hmm. and senior year. Freshman year, I quit. Senior year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to complete the whole season, and I did. You know, and, and, it, and we know we had a blast, but what ended up happening was that I had planned on making a documentary because I – was wanting to move more into documentaries. I do have one out already, but I wanted to make a documentary about pro wrestling. So I was doing some research on pro wrestling in Chicago, and I and I came across Chicago's wrestling. So I reached out to Steve Boz, uh, who's a very excellent wrestling trainer, by the way, really good guy. Uh, he he told me just come on in and check it out. So when I came in and I talked, and we we had been talking for maybe like two two months or so before I even showed up. It was around like like around October last year. So I ended up going in. When I was there, I ended up, you know, kind of seeing a couple of the wrestlers and things like that. He showed me around. He's like, well, what you think? I'm like, I think so. He said, well, when are you going to start? I said, start. And I thought about it like, you know what? 
maybe I'll give it a try. So I, I started training then, you know. Uh, I can't always make it out like I want to, but, you know, whenever I'm there, I have a blast, man. And just to kind of be amongst a lot of up-and-coming talent, you know, seeing some of the other wrestlers travel, you know, every weekend doing different shows and, you know, and, and them kind of helping point me in the right direction. It's a lot of fun, man. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Sounds fucking great, actually. Man, so, some of, actually, some of the wrestlers are um, actually wrestling in AEW, too, which is pretty cool. So it's like, man, I know that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm here in Austin. Dustin Rhodes has a an academy in the Austin area. And it's an affiliate link to uh, AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of, and, and you know that that's the that's the wonderful thing about wrestling, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of great things happening right in our areas, right? And we don't even know it. And it's funny because, like, you know, I say that to say that a lot of people think that making their dream come true is hard. And I'm not gonna lie, it can be. But I learned that, like. You never know what you can do if you don't if you don't put yourself in a situation to do those things, you know. You know, but a lot of people don't understand about what you just said. It's living your dream is one thing, but living your dream is another. Yeah. Like, believe it or not, if if you get to do what you want to do as a living, it's not actually work. Yeah. That's what that's what a lot of people don't get. That's a, that's a hard thing. To swallow. And you know, it's funny you say that because like, you know, when when I kind of look at my life and look at my story now, right, it kind of makes me think about how like everything that I wanted to do, right, I always, I always, you know, I'm, I'm also a very religious person and I pray to God a lot. And I always like thank God. And one thing I learned about like faith and prayer and all these things, like, you can do all that, but you also have to put in the work for it. And I think that that's why sometimes a lot of people get discouraged about their dream because they be like, you know, like, I don't really know how to go about it. But what I learned is like, we're actually blessed to live in the times we live in because like back in the day when you wanted to do something, uh, it was kind of harder because we didn't have the internet like we do now. I mean, the internet was around, but it, but like now we got social media where you don't have to wait for nobody to give you the opportunity. You can create your own. I know. Look what we're and, doing right now. And, 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 and see, to me, like, I feel like a lot of people focus more on like the negative side of the internet, like the, you know, the online hate and all that. I mean, there's nothing we can do about that, but I feel like instead of focusing on all the bad things in the world, you know, take time out of your life to make your dream happen because, like I say, for somebody who sees people put in a casket every day, uh, see people take multiple trips to the cemetery, every day the same routine, you know, you're opening and closing caskets, you're burying people young and old, it kind of make you look at life more realistically. Like, you know, why sit around and focus on things that I have no control of? I don't have no control over the rest of the world, but... I have control over making sure that I make the most of my life. And I always tell people, like, you know, make the most of time. Don't let time make the most of you, you know? So I got one. I got a question for you. Sure. So the funeral service, has it ever interfered in your filmmaking or pro wrestling? 
actually no, but it, with wrestling, yeah. Yeah. Well, because to be honest, like part of the reason why, like I'm, you know, kind of not getting promoted just yet is because I work on the weekend, and of course, the in the funeral business, the weekend, it's kind of like the most time where you really work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And on the weekend, I spend a lot of time at the funeral home, but like that's the thing now. Like I'm kind of at the point in my life where I'm making adjustments because, you know, I feel like in life things change. Like what you used to be able to do sometimes when you got things that you're trying to do, we have to make adjustments. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not fair to want something in life but not willing to make the adjustments to get that thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I was asking. I'm kind of like in the process because like in a way something happened to me in life that actually uh, kind of made made me really want to make these adjustments was because uh, like a, like last year or so, I was finally diagnosed with uh, spasmodic dysphonia, which, you know, we talked about that a little bit, but uh, yeah. those of you that don't know what that is, it's a, it's a rare vocal disorder where, like, if you get stressed, your voice strains. Um, if you're happy and joyous, your voice sounds normal because, like, people would be like, when you talk about your filmmaking, your voice sounds clear but you come to work and you start dealing with the people your voice sound bad so i went to the doctor and the doctor was telling me like you know um what if what if you ever thought about just giving up the funeral business and pursuing you know just wrestling and filmmaking and to be honest that's kind of more so what my mindset is but me saying that is like i don't want people in the funeral business to feel like I don't like the business. I love the business, but I feel like the politics and the, the business kind of is what kind of made me a little more disgusted by it. Because like, like I mentioned, like when I went to school for it, uh, I've been, I had been doing this seven years before I even went to school. But what happened was that I noticed that when I went to school to be a mortician, I'm finding out like that a lot of people that go to school to be funeral directors a lot of them don't even get licensed. And I mean, I've been to the news media and everything about this. And I was wondering like, why is that? But then when I started seeing the system and how they do things, I'm like, oh, I get it. They don't want everybody to be licensed. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can only imagine what it costs to be licensed to actually. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, once you get them. But it's like, you know, I'm proud of everybody that did get their license and everything, but it's like, you know, and I feel like with me, I kind of stopped caring about the funeral business because of my situation as far as me getting my license. It's not that I don't like to help the families or whatever, but it's kind of like this. Like, say for instance, if I'm a filmmaker, right, I go to Hollywood or whatever, and I want to make a movie, but I'm sitting back on the sideline never getting a chance to do it, then I probably would lose passion for it. If I go into pro wrestling and I'm sitting on the sideline and I'm not doing anything, you know, I feel like when, when somebody has you in a place where you really, you know, kind of like blocks you, I feel like you lose desire for it because you, you hear these stories even about people like in professional wrestling and things like that, right? Like some of the WWE superstars where they talk about how they love wrestling, but sometimes the way politics does things, it can make you lose your desire for it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But you know what? I, I feel like that's... Go ahead. 
I feel like that's what happened to me with the funeral business. Yeah. You know, if I were to tell you, I'm proud to see that you're actually working in the, the funeral service. It's not, it's, it's not something that normal people do. Yeah. It really is. And you shouldn't yeah, leave, I mean, you shouldn't leave the funeral service business until you're, you're completely comfortable and ready to, to get into pro wrestling or be an independent filmmaker or even both. Yeah. Like, I feel, you know I mean? go ahead. No, no, and what you said makes total sense, but it's like, you know, I got I got really sick of these people with the politics because like yeah. if you do the research right now, right, it's only twenty something thousand funeral directors in the United States. And if you think about it, there are more than twenty thousand people living in one state alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, burnout happens though. Maybe you just feel burned and, out a little bit. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is that if you think about it, right, if you do the math, that means if, if a lot of these students are not passing these exams, that means people got to start looking at these schools. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and that's the part about it that I've been having a problem with is like, you know, nobody has really did anything about the situation. But like I said, I know a lot of people who, who have been struggling to pass these exams. And the school are using these exit exams as a cover-up for their failures. Like, I feel like somebody should do something about this. So I, I'm, I'm a bit disgusted with them about that, if I'll be honest with you. No, you can be honest. It's fine. And, and, and I'm not going to lie. I love the people. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the teachers. I love them as people. I think they're great and wonderful at what they do. But that doesn't mean that their system is correct, you know? No, I, I get it. I was just I was just pointing out the fact that you shouldn't leave until you're comfortable and situated oh, yeah, with but, one of the other two. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? That, that's what I'm saying. So I'm so I'm kind of mm. working on making making that transition because, yeah. like, like I said, me I'm the type of person where if I can't move forward in something, I I'm not gonna stay there very long. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Because I feel like that's time that I can never get back. And I don't, and like I say, like, my mission in life is, like, to value every day that God gives me and to not waste time because, again, to me, it's just too precious to waste. You know, and I don't ever want to live in regret. You know, I always want to look back and say, well, I thank God that if that didn't work out, I at least tried. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I got another question. So who are some of the people that, that you've run into since you decided and made the decision to become an independent filmmaker and get into pro wrestling. Who are some of the people that so, you've seen that has helped you out a lot? Oh, uh, so some of the so some of the filmmakers that I that I've actually met, there's a uh, like I met Deshaun Anders. Uh, there's a quite a other few I met I met that I didn't even I didn't really know their names like that, but but they're <laughs> doing some stuff. But to be honest, the teachers like John Otterbacher, uh Patrick Underwood, Killian uh, John Klein, like these are all teachers that they're not just teachers, but they're filmmakers. And like, you know, I really enjoy learning from them because like they all teach the same thing, but they all had a different approach. Like Mr. Otterbacher, uh, he's more like, if you tell him to look at your film, uh, he's he gonna, he gonna know, he's gonna tell you everything that he noticed. Miss Kelly and her approach was more like, uh, you know, every filmmaker is different. You do it the way that you do it. Uh, Patrick Underwood, he was more like he's going to tell you like it is. Like, 
Um, he he's like, look, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But I mean, to me, they all were kind of like role models because, you know, they really cared about their students and they really had a love for what they do, you know? And to me, I think that that's, that was the good thing about going to film school was like, these are not just teachers, but these are teachers who, have, who actually are still out working in the industry, which is pretty cool. Kind of, kind of like Spike Lee, because I believe Spike Lee teaches at one of the film academies in New York, too. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, we've gone through quite a few things about you. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up, mention, or talk about? Oh, you mentioned, oh, you meant, but you mentioned some of the people that I met in wrestling. Uh, I got a chance yeah. to be Hornswoggle. You ain't Hornswoggle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's my man, man. I got a chance to be Scotty Too Hotty and actually have a conversation with him. That was pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. And, and, and yeah. then some, some of like AEW talent, I mean, that's training with us and, you know, always at the show and stuff. I mean, I, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, even to kind of, you know, meet Dante Martin from AEW, that was pretty nice. You know, a young man coming up in the wrestling business. So, I mean, you know, but like I say, to me, just everybody that I meet has been awesome, though. You know, because the, the thing about filmmaking and wrestling is that the people that you meet, Everybody has potential to do something great. You know, it just depends on how far they go with it. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, no matter what, you're going to always have the Indies, you know? And I mean, the Indies is a great place to be. Because, I mean, you meet so many more people. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you're in Chicago, so it should be pretty easy. Did you go to oh, the, yeah. uh, did you go to Double or Nothing? Or what was it? The, old, the Forbidden Door. Did you happen to go to the Forbidden Door? I did, like I said, I've, I've been missing out on everything because I've been working. Like, because, mm. like, like, see, the, the, the thing about independent wrestling that I, that I really enjoy is that when you start getting into wrestling, uh, you really become family with the people in the industry because, I mean, you, you do a lot of traveling, whether it's in one state to the next state. And, because you think about it, it's almost a show every weekend, you know? I mean, so, so when you start really getting booked, I mean, you you pretty much, you know, maybe driving because we're in the Midwest, so you might be driving to Wisconsin. You might be you might be driving to Iowa. You know, you may be going Southern Illinois, so you know, you may go to St. Louis, or you might go up to Minnesota. So I mean it's a lot of it's a lot of traveling, but it's a very small it's a very small pretty much circle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like a small yeah, you become family because, like, I, I look at, like, I don't, like I said, I don't get to make a lot of the events because I'm, I work on the weekends. But you know, I, you see everybody hanging out and you know going to these different shows and stuff like that. I thought, like, like somebody, one of the wrestlers threw a party or whatever, and Chris Jericho came. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm like, man, I could have met Chris. You know, I could have, because Jericho was one, was one of my childhood favorite wrestlers, too, you know. I mean, that would have been pretty nice. But, you know, like, like I say, I mean, I, I, I'm glad to meet everybody, though, you know. All right, then. Thank you. Thank you, Simmons. So, was there anything else that we can uh, uh, so, put towards the end? Yeah, well, so I guess to say in the end, you know, only thing that I just have to say is that I would encourage all the listeners, like, you know, whatever dreams you have, don't listen to people. You know, 
trust your instinct, trust your God-given instinct, and just, you know, make the most of time. Don't let time make the most of you, and don't let people limit your potential or your dream, because you can do anything if you make the time to do it. All right. Thank you, Simmons. And so everybody knows Simmons is a training to be a pro wrestler. He's an independent filmmaker. He's also a funeral service worker. And we're fixing to sign off. Uh, I'll have the links posted when I post the episode. You'll be able to find him wherever he's at. You can stalk him if you want to. All right. We're going to sign off. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.